again. I want to say hello to Cornerstone. I want to say hello to all those that are kind of visiting. Somehow you found this channel and you're watching us. It's really an absolute privilege having you with us. Our main thing is about wanting to contact you, wanting to get to know you, wanting to help you on your journey with your relationship with God. And if you're wanting to have a relationship with God, you found the right place. So please, the contact details will come up again sometime, possibly at the end. Get hold of us. We want to connect. We want to speak to you. We want to pray with you. We want to help you with your relationship with God. Yesterday I was uh, conducting a memorial service for a young lady. My heart was broken because they're very special friends. Um, Mom and dad, um, kind of we've known them for over 20 years. And just kind of looking around at the group, you know, as we kind of went through worshiping, as we went through uh, the eulogies or paying tribute and saying thank you to God for this young lady, at, at the grief and the way in which hearts were so broken, it, it kind of overwhelmed me. But I remembered this one thing, is that God understands grief. God understands pain. We need to know that. Uh, in, in one of the places where the prophet looks forward to the suffering of Christ, as he prophesies it, he says he's acquainted with grief. It was God's will to strike Jesus. You see, Jesus took the pain and the suffering and the anguish and the separation from God so that we might be free. And you say, how does that happen? You see, Jesus died on the cross, paying the full price of our sin so that we could have a relationship with God. You see, when we become believers, Christ followers, it's not like we get exempt from all the situations of life and we get this kind of free pass and it's all rosy. No, we start a relationship that gives us the ability to trust God through every circumstance. And so we fight every single thing that kind of opposes the lordship of Jesus. He gives us an ability to have a relationship with him. And so we know how to handle life's turmoils. We know how to handle life's disappointments. And of course we trust him to be free from those things that come against us. Uh, because we have strength in him and power in him. We're going to read about that today as we continue with uh, our series in the book of Acts. Remember the book of Acts is the, is the book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit. That's how we've seen it. And it records Jesus saying, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so just bear that in mind as God understands pain, he understands difficulty, he understands suffering. Because his son died on the cross and the father sent his son there so that we might be free. We can handle the things that life throws at us. And of course, ultimately, when we too pass away, we know how to handle death because Christ has paid that price. No more suffering for us. But even here on this planet, while I'm alive, I have a way to fight and handle things. I can get on my knees and I can cry out to the Lord and say, God, help me in this time. To overcome. We're going to see one man get impacted in a great way, a miraculous healing. And then through that, 
Thousands of people come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Just feel one little kind of thing that is, you know, kind of just sticking in my heart right now is welcome to another two weeks of isolation. And I know for some of us, uh, and I want to admit it, we've had since we began last year with all of this, some, some of you have just never come back to a live meeting. Um, I would like to think that there's some good reason behind that, perhaps a precondition, you just want to protect yourself or protect others, whatever it is. But I feel that the enemy uses isolation to isolate us in ways that are not godly. And so don't allow the enemy to lie to you. Don't give in to fear. Please don't isolate yourself to the degree that you aren't contacting anybody. No, we need to continue to connect. We live in the 21st century. There are online methods and ways that we can remain connected. We need input from others. We need the love of others. We need the care of others. And then in turn, you need to reach out to others and care for them. You need to pray for them. You want to know grace? Give grace. You want to know love? Give love. And so let's not allow the enemy to beat us into the place and get us into a corner so that we're almost doing nothing for the kingdom. This is still the opportunity to build community. This is still the opportunity to reach out with the love of God to those who don't know him. And as a matter of fact, there are great opportunities because there are many who are reaching out and looking for answers at a time like this. And we have it because we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So I want to pray now, Lord, lift the fear, lift the apprehension, lift all those things that are holding people back, holding us back, and deliver us in the name of Jesus so that we can still experience all the benefit of and the joy of, of community, of reaching out with love and our relationship with you. Just trust God for fear to lift up and lift off right now in Jesus' name. So let's get to our story because, uh, as we know, Acts is a historical document, full of stories, narrative, and in it there's a wonderful weaving together of each of these stories a way in which the Lord Jesus Christ is building the church. And when I read it, I get so excited because I'm saying, do it again, Lord. Do it with us. Do it here in Joburg. Uh, and across the planet, wherever we find ourselves, so that we too can experience the acts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. So Acts chapter 1 and 2, we've taken 10 sermons to finish off. And we, we could go the rest of the year and the rest of uh, the decade just talking about Acts chapter 2 and the powerful way in which the Holy Spirit comes. And the Holy Spirit empowers the church. Peter preaches, thousands are saved. And then we have that wonderful kind of summary at the end of the book of Acts where um, it talks about this devoted community, people devoted to prayer, devoted to partnership, that's connecting with each other, devoted to breaking bread, uh, devoted to the Word of God, and experiencing flourishing community. Isn't it amazing? We end there and we go back into lockdown. In other words, we don't need any of the freedom from lockdown to experience fellowship. We can have it with God and each other. So encourage us. But here we have this great example in the book of Acts and a summary of vibrant community, breaking bread, sharing with each other. And it says this, 
and many signs and wonders were being done by the apostles, by the leaders. Many signs and wonders. If we're a church filled with the power of God and enabled by God to be witnesses, then there are signs and wonders. And you know what they are? Signs point to something or someone and show us the way. You know when that sign happens? It says that there's something more. Don't give in to the status quo because there's another way. There's something more. Even in the death of a saint, to see the way in which God comforts, that for me is a sign. Because surely when somebody dies, we should fall apart and there is no hope. But in Christ we have hope because we know where that person is who died in Christ. And so also wonders, what is wonders? They produce wonder and amazement. You see, there's nothing ordinary about God. God isn't a philosophy. God isn't just a, another religion that we place on the shelf filled with the religions of this world. Another way to kind of try and get somewhere. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Christ. He is the only way. And there is nothing ordinary about God. I'm a testimony of that. My life was mediocre. My life sucked, just to be honest. I was spiraling downwards fast, no hope, nothing. And I received Christ into my heart. I embarked on the greatest journey ever. I am still wondering why am I the benefactor of such grace. I'm still wondering why God would even bother with me. Because he loves me. He loves you and he wants to do the same for you as well. And so Christianity has got some very normal, ordinary steps we need to take. It's, it's got repetitive motions. Acts 2, 42, the devotion. We've got to keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. But Christianity, there's no other life that has the adventure, the excitement, and for me, the incredible challenge that it has. I have got a reason to live and I've got a reason to lay my life down. It's to see this gospel go out in power. And so against this backdrop, so we have a general, if you see it as a movie, kind of general panning of, you know, the new church. Now the lens focuses in on what Peter and John were doing one day on their way to prayer. And we're going to read that story. And it's found in Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. We're going to do two preachers out of uh, chapter 3. So we first have the incident of the lame beggar being healed, and then we have Peter's sermon. We're just going to look at the first part. This is how it goes. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And the man, that's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and a man lame from birth, that's important, remember that, was being carried, whom they laid there's another thing you must remember. They lay daily at the gate of the temple that was called the beautiful gate. Why was he laid there? To ask alms. He was looking for money for those entering the temple, from those entering the temple. So later on we hear, this guy was more than 40 years old, okay? So that means about 12,000 times he'd been laying at that gate. They'd put him there. About 12,000 times, uh, I don't think he had took off on public holidays, maybe he took off on the Sabbath, but 12,000 times, friends brought him and put him there, and his job 
was to just ask for money. Couldn't work, couldn't do anything, lame from birth. So he just lay there. Seen Peter and John. In other words, here comes some money. About to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. That was the thing. Three o'clock in the afternoon, maybe they fetched him at four. Maybe shift was from eight to four. And then that was it. He was out of there. So he needed money. And seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them. And Peter directed his gaze at him as did John and said, look at us. Now, we see a story being told, and we hear about it, we understand it, we can try and picture it, but behind the scenes, there's a sign and wonder that has been manufactured by the Holy Spirit as Jesus is building this, his church. Something is going to change right there and then, the, the course of history for this man and 5,000 others, men only, we could have been more, 10,000 10, perhaps. Their lives are going to change because what's going to happen there? This is God. God changes things through signs and wonders, through the power of his Holy Spirit, so that his kingdom may come. Peter and John weren't going around looking to pray for people to be healed. They were on their way for prayer. This beggar was not looking for his state to be transformed. He was looking for money. But the Holy Spirit was about a change everything completely and he fixed his attention on them expecting to receive something from them and you can you know you know that's obvious hey look at us oh great you know they're gonna, this is a dramatic moment a big gift's going to be given to me they're going to you know offload a whole lot of coins and he fixed his attention on them but Peter said I have no silver and gold but what I do have I give to you that for me is just vitally important. What I do have, I give to you. In other words, you may not be able to help people around you with some of the stuff that they need, but what we do have, we can give to people. And this is it. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I don't think they whispered it. I think they shouted it out. For me, I would have put it in bold in the Bible. They must have kind of right then and then understood. God has got me at this place and it's time now. Even though this man had been laid there 14, over 14,000 times, now was the moment. Holy Spirit had given them an anointing right now. And they took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them. This guy wasn't only going to walk or just be carried along. No, he was walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw it, saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Several miracles took place. He was healed and immediately he knew how to walk. Isn't that amazing? He had never walked before. Never walked before. He goes straight from not walking. He doesn't go through the crawl stage and then get to the kind of first few steps stage and then get to the maybe jogging stage and then the running stage and then the jumping stage. He goes from zero to leaping. 
This is the power of God. This is God doing a sign and wonder to get people's attention right in the center of religious worship in the temple. He gets people's attention. And they are amazed. They know the man. They know him. He's, he's kind of that pillar to that gate. That's where this guy sits. And now he's running. He's leaping. And he's praising God. He knew what had happened. The Spirit of God had healed his body and of course, there was a new life that he was experiencing. This is something dramatic. The camera pans in, focuses right onto this one scene. In other words, out of the many things that were happening, this is what happened. On their way to prayer one day. That was it. Normal. And what did they do after that? They carried on going on their way to prayer. It's amazing how they just took it in their stride. I almost believe there was an expectancy in Peter and John. As they felt the Holy Spirit prompt them, there was an expectancy. Hang on, you know what? Peter, John, Peter, no, I don't have anything, John. You, no, no, but you know what we have? In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Wow, we have something to give. If you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you've got something to give. There's another story, and we'll get to it eventually, maybe Sermon 450 in the book of Acts, where the seven sons of Sceva are trying to do a deliverance on a demon-possessed person. Seven men, they were sons of a Jewish uh, rabbi, and they say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. No relationship, no understanding of the power and the authority, nothing. That demon beat those seven up, stripped them naked, and they went running out of that place naked and bleeding. This is not a mantra. This is a relationship and an understanding of the power that in the name of Jesus is how we operate. And so I want to encourage us. We, in the name of Jesus, have something to give this world. And so you can't say, well, I'm not a doctor. I haven't got vaccine. You know, I don't know. No, no, stop making excuses. I know your pockets are empty. But we have Jesus. And because of my relationship with him, may I please lay hands on you. And in the name of Jesus, I pray for you to be healed. In the name of Jesus, I pray for fear to lift. In the name of Jesus, I pray you'd have the wisdom to understand this. Tell you, speaking to people who've lost somebody ahead of time, this young lady was 31 years old. Come on. You know, it, it's like, that seems totally unfair. But in the name of Jesus, God, can you do a miracle here now? Can you help mom and dad? Can you help her husband? Can you help her family understand this? You see, we have got something. And I think too many times, we're just looking at kind of the immediate kind of the realm and that we live in and we think, well, I don't have anything. It also reminds me that there's something way more important than bread. There's something way more important than silver and gold. Those sometimes may give us an opportunity to speak to people, but our goal is in the name of Jesus. And so the point of the story is to help us understand that God by the power of the Holy Spirit, has given us an equipping that far supersedes any of our natural abilities and resources 
to be able to interact with a world that is in pain, a world that is dying, a world that is suffering, and bring hope. And that is the name of Jesus Christ. And so there was a supernaturally natural way about Peter and John. So they were naturally supernatural. It's not like they put up a booth and a tent and it was Peter and John Healing Ministries International. Please bring your sick. Now they were going about life. A devoted people. It was three o'clock. Time for prayer, guys. Let's go. We cannot let anything get in the way of our devotion. Lesson number one. Lesson number two, listen. Because God is going to alter the circumstances for the sake of the kingdom to see his glory come. And you know what? You know who was more amazed in that story? Peter and John. (laughs) That lame man was so excited. Peter and John are saying, what? What? Jesus had probably walked past this man. If we understand that he had been there for 14,000 days, taken to that spot to go and beg, it's likely that Christ walked past. Another big men and women of God. But yet on that day, using normal and ordinary people, God did a great miracle. And God wants to do the, exactly the same thing through us. Exactly the same thing. As we go through life in our dedicated way, as we commit it to what God has put in us as we love what God is doing in our lives, as we have that anticipation. I wonder if he's going to do something like that today. I think we could pray that way. I guarantee you that Peter and John from then on were saying, Lord, do it again. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. This is Peter and John. Remember Peter? Always loudmouth bragging. John wanting to call thunder down on, and lightning onto villages and cities. You know, these were not quiet you know, like as we see in the uh, Renaissance paintings, you know, little halos around them and they kind of look like little angelic beings. No, these were rough, normal, ordinary people, fishermen. God was doing something supernatural to them. Of course they prayed. We look here later on that even Peter's shadow that was cast onto people were healing people. They were praying that way. One miracle. People were amazed. They were in wonder. This is what the kingdom does. And then later on, gets them some punishment. (laughs) This is what happens when we serve God at kind of the religious order of the day. The enemy's not going to kind of lay over and play dead. He's going to look for a way to resist. And they try to shut them up. Don't preach in this name anymore. How can we not? Right at the time they were getting punished, 5,000 people were giving their hearts to Jesus. That is what happened through normal, ordinary fishermen normal and ordinary and so God too wants to use us he really does God does that through us and so in conclusion he is pouring out his spirit he has poured out his spirit and he wants to continue to pour out his spirit if I understand the pattern over there is Jesus said wait I will send my spirit they received the Holy Spirit they were walking on their way to prayer. Something supernatural begins to happen. For me, the pattern over there is through lives of dedication, God is wanting to do supernatural things. You know, that day, that beggar, who wasn't probably allowed in the temple, he goes into the temple walking, leaping, and praising God. Became part of a vibrant community. 
And there are just so many out there who are trapped on their mats, who are lame, and they need him too. The touch of God in their lives. They need the gospel explained. And then they need to be introduced to community, to live community, biblical community, loving community. And you know what it's going to require us in our day today to welcome the interruptions of God. These interruptions are the way God gets his things done. And there are many. Jesus, you know, the woman tugging on his coat. The disciples off to go and buy Kentucky. And Jesus stopping at the well and speaking to the lady. Interruption. Well, what do you want? Oh, give me some water. You know, well, who are you kind of thing. Whole village gets to know about the Lord. These interruptions are good. Pray for them and trust God for them. And so in, uh, as the last part of my conclusion, uh, in response... I feel there's a few things over here. Just try and think of the three groups of people we'll focus on now is Peter and John. In other words, God is inviting each of us to take opportunity, take advantage of the opportunities around us for the kingdom. Don't be so closed and focused on other things that you don't hear what God is wanting to say to you. The beggar, and we've said it, there are many in this world today. I was a beggar. I was crippled. And I had no kind of future. I was just hoping to make it through life. God is wanting to impact your life. And if you're sitting over there now at home, I want to encourage you, if you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity to receive him into your heart. And I tell you, you will start to leap and praise God and do all those things that are recorded over there because Jesus changes lives. There's hope for you. And the onlookers, you know, don't harden your heart to what God is doing. I think it's important to understand that God is wanting to give you this invitation to accept him into your heart so that you too can enjoy the privilege of being born again and becoming part of community. I said at the beginning that we're going to pray and we're going to do that. I'm going to pray and trust God for you at, the, at home and trust God that you wouldn't give in to that fear. We've, we've said that already. I want to pray if you're that beggar that you would reach out. Get hold of us. Please get hold of us because we want to connect with you. Uh, we want to help you with your commitment. Um, but let's do that. Let's bow our heads now. I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware that, that some of you are suffering with COVID. I'm aware that some of you are suffering with the fear of COVID. I'm aware that some of you are suffering because family members have passed away. So in every single way, this COVID is intimidating. COVID, this COVID thing, I know we might say it's from a Wuhan lab or, you know, it's something that was released by the Americans to blame the Chinese or it's just, this stuff was breathed out of hell. It is not God's plan for our lives and it's not a mechanism that Mother Nature is culling people on this planet so that we can live forever nothing to do with that it's a disease it's not from God and we need to take dominion over it and in the name of Jesus I want you to pray that way because you've got to take a stance in the name of Jesus I command fear to go please pray that in the name of Jesus I ask you Lord to lift this grief off me in the name of Jesus give me an eternal perspective and then for those that you know that have this, and there are a couple in this church, we take dominion over that disease in the name of Jesus and we rebuke it 
out of their bodies now. And so I trust God for that deliverance in your life right now. In Jesus' name.